Welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. We are back, two-man team. My name is Pete. My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Welcome back. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, <laughs> yo, I love the solo episode. I think you handled it very well. Thank you for keeping the train on the tracks while I was uh, otherwise preoccupied. Hey, man, I do it. Otherwise I can. occupied? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You you did it. You nailed it. I loved it. Um, what have you been up to while I've been gone? Since you've been gone, you know, that kind of thing. What have you been up to? Yeah. Um, is that a track? That's a track. Um, yeah, it's a track. Like, I don't want to admit it, but it is. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's a banger. It's there. Um, what have I been doing? I've been going to the beach a lot, just trying to soak up the end of summer, man. You know, I've been having some friends stay over from out of town here oh, and there. Um, barbecues, just shore shit. That is the thing. It is uh it is a nice time of year. It is wonderful. It is uh yo, it's just it's just nice to enjoy. Get out in the sun. If you're listening to this and you're not outside, think about going outside. That's all. You know yeah. what I mean? Just go, go outside. Go outside while you still can. <laughs> um Yo, speaking of the record that we're talking about today, is this a summer record? I think it's this, like firmly a summer record. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's uh you know the young people would call it a summer bop, and uh, I'm not disagreeing with them. So, um, I went on a, a little jog before this, and um, I had this album as my soundtrack, and I think it added a little pep to my step. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, okay. Well, we have some things to talk about. Why don't you uh, introduce the people to what we are discussing? Yeah. So. Um, I guess it's been a theme recently that we've been covering newer albums, um, yeah. which of course we'll, we'll get back to the classics in due time, but, um, the umbrellas who we'll be talking about today, um, are a band from San Francisco who have been around, I guess for a few years, but they put their first EP out in 2019 Yep. Um, and it was something that I was really into. It was just a four song seven inch. Yep. And uh, I heard it through a friend. I was really excited about it. Um, and I've been going back to it ever since. So I saw that Slumberland Records um, was putting out their full length this year. Yep. And it just came out in early August. So I thought, you know, since it was something that I was excited about, and I know that you, you know, had liked those tracks that I sent you from the EP. Yes, um, I did. It, would, it would be a good new album to cover. Um, and it's fun too. I mean, there's no personal connections here. I don't, you know, know really anything about these guys other than, oh, yo, I love it. Cause I was going to ask you like, yo, am I going to hurt someone's feelings? If I have a comment, like, no, are we good? Okay, good. good, good. We're good. No, that's the dream because it's all love out here. But, but like, yo, we listen to these records. We try to, we want to give you the truth. We want to give you our opinions, which are just what they are. They're not, um, they're nothing more, nothing left. So less. So, uh, hopefully you can understand the energy. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it, it, it actually plays into, so since, uh, the last episode last week's that, that, that I did, um, we actually got a few people that hit us randomly saying like, you know, I essentially, I like, you know, I like where you guys are going. I really like all the albums that you're covering or dislike, but like they're, they're listening to it actively, which is cool. They're listening to actual music. Um, oh. But a lot of people said like, yo, it'd be cool if you dug into like, like your kind of classic records. So like, not necessarily like, you know, for me, the stone roses is one that we did. That was, you know, right. My it's, kind it's of quintessential favorite yeah. record. Yeah. But essentially the, the the feeling was like, you know, cover some albums that you think are classics, but aren't necessarily, you know, classics kind of writ large for everybody. You know, they wouldn't be in like the Rolling Stone top 500 kind of classic vibe. Um, and I thought that was a good idea, but I thought that we can definitely do that in time. But we can also, in the meanwhile, kind of cover new albums that we might be psyched about that maybe aren't getting all the press and all the, you know, all the hype. Um, because there is a lot of new music coming out and I feel like a lot of it just kind of goes under the radar a lot of the time. So that's kind of part of the the feel with this episode as well. Yo, totally agree. I think, um, I think it's like, we're in such a, like, 
a unique space on the trajectory of like consumption of music. Uh, I was trying to think of the way to put that because it's just like, yo, there's so much, it's so easy to access new music that if you aren't actively one seeking something new out two have been like a greased pig prepped for this new thing to come out <laughs> that you are like that you can miss stuff or it can come and go and be like, Oh yeah, I listened to that. It was fine. Or it yeah. was like, it was neat, you know? And like, you can miss out on a lot of records that, that really should hold a place for more than, you know, the 30 minute runtime. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I hope we inspire people to check out more new music, uh, whether it's new, new, or if it's just new to you. So, uh, yeah, this, this, this record, I think, um, is a really unique example of a record that I'm like, yeah, so this, this is a record that I might have just glazed over, but with a deeper listening, I was like, oh, I'm in on this, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, so this is this is the Umbrellas self-titled released in 2021 on Slumberland Records. Slumberland Records, which uh, Slumberland Records, if you don't know, has a pretty good track record. Uh, yes. Lots and lots and lots of good bands over, what, a 20-year period of time? Maybe longer I mean, even? Is it, I, I almost want to say it's... Yeah. I, I, They've been around for man. a minute. Yeah. Uh, oh, yo. Uh, 32. 30 years it started in 89 so wow. 30 years and change yeah that makes sense um i thought they released this did they release the slint record they did not really slint was no. touch and go touch and go that's right isn't yeah. that crazy so velocity girls early for them they've done uh, stereo lab yeah yeah yeah, yeah. lilies the bats um yep new bands they did a tony molina record they did the pains of yeah. being pure at heart which were really big oh yeah that was a big one that tony molina record's great Oh, this Dum Dum Girls single, that's cool. Yeah, there's a lot of good records. And kind of, oh, the Veronica Falls LP, I really like that record, actually. Um, Reds, Pinks, and this, Purples, great band that I think actually has... I think, some connection here, right? Yeah, I think one of the members of the Umbrellas may have done vocals on Red, Reds, Pinks, and Purples okay. at some point, but yeah. Okay. Well, so, um, oh yeah, if, if you haven't heard the song Found Love in a Graveyard by Veronica Falls, go find that. It's a great song. Um, Yo, know, there's there's a lot of cool stuff on the indie rock, indie pop, kind of like touching on punk. There's a lot of different stuff going on here. But I want to say that you're pretty safe to to pick some stuff out on Slumberland and enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that there's definitely variance with their catalog. But if you if you like the feel of any of the bands that we mentioned, like I feel like you can pretty much check out any Slumberland band and you might be in. There might be something there for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... So let's let's kind of talk more about the umbrellas. San Francisco band four piece, I believe. San Francisco band four piece. Um, again, they just did one EP a few years ago. That you know, I re- I really don't even know if it. I think it did catch a good amount of attention, um, but I didn't really see them mentioned a lot in you know popular blogs. Consequence of sound, you know, right, right, all that stuff. I didn't really see them mentioned, but I I had a few friends that that mentioned them to me or, you know, I saw them post on Instagram about it or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. This, the EP, it's called the maritime EP. It's really good. You exposed me to it and I really liked it. And, um, you know, it, it leads into this LP nicely, though. There are some differences that I'm kind of curious to explore with you in terms of like, Hey, did you like that? They did this, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah. really, I really thought that that EP was like a perfect, perfect ep it's just four songs they're all super strong it goes by in like 10 minutes super super catchy um i was i was really impressed so i was i was really stoked about this record and uh and here we are to talk about it so here we are um so you know in the context of why we're doing this again new music this is cool i i have the question for you yeah this is their first LP. 
I don't know the players in this band. I don't know any of the history. But whenever a band does their first full length, I do feel like it's kind of a pivotal moment. It's like, a, hey, this is our, you know, EPs can be not disposable, but almost like a, hey, this is just a quick offering, a sampling of who we are. It's four songs. You either like it or you don't like it. Eh, you know, it's probably going to wash through you pretty easy. Right. It can catch attention as the Maritime EP did for us, right? Does a debut LP matter or feel like a thing, in your opinion? Do you mean like nowadays? nowadays? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, Nowadays, I mean, I do and I don't. I mean, so for this genre, let's say just kind of indie pop writ large. Right. um, I think it is really important still because people are still buying vinyl. I think that listen to this stuff, people are paying more attention to albums as albums um, kind of in this scene. At the same time, I feel like you could also just put out EP after EP or single after single. And that would be kind of unquestioned and just fine because you know, the, the, the way that you can release music and the way that people consume music has changed so dramatically um, yep. I still think of an LP as being like really important for any band, but I'm also like, I just have a different perspective on these things, like bringing it out, even when like huge pop stars that I like, like the weekend, for example, put out a full right. length, like I'll still give it a listen, but I know that I am in the minority in that case, you know, most people are just listening to the singles. Um, but yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think that bands like this work really hard on full lengths. I think they think a lot about them. It's not so much just like a collection of singles and then throwaway tracks. It's like, you know, thought goes into every song and the the, the flow of the record and the artwork and, you know, all of those pieces. So yeah, yeah, I do think it's important still. Yeah, and I do too. And I, I think there is an opportunity for people to be really exposed even even in the way people consume music now i think it does give a little more prominence and it gives you more meat on the bone you know yeah um a lot of times and not a lot of times but there's times where i will really like a record but the single isn't what grabs me you know yeah um it's a cut later on on the record i'm like oh this is i like this oh this is interesting so um i hope that this does this for the umbrellas so i mean why don't we anything else to discuss before we just start tearing up this record and talking about it? Yeah. Quick. Oh, you know what? I have some questions too sure. before we get into it. But I yeah, have, go I ahead. Have one too. One, just one for you. Um, have you so so you were aware of this band? You know, you you heard the Maritime EP and all that stuff. Yes. Have you heard anything about this record? Have you seen anything about this record besides me, like br- like bringing it up to you? I had not. Yeah, me neither. No, I mean, I think upon, I, saw, I saw one blog in Pitchfork in like March that was like new Umbrellas record coming on Slumberland, and that was that was it really. I saw upon after like you know listening to the record and doing a little research, there is a posting on there's a an article in Brooklyn Vegan okay. from the end of June, but that's it. <laughs> um, so it's uh, it's interesting because to me it's like yo this didn't get this record could have done gotten more attention and you know, there's a lot of reasons things will get attention or won't get attention. So, right. Hey, here's some attention. Um, a question for you. I, you, you put it broadly under the category indie, indie pop. Is that what you said? That's what I said. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at with it. Is there any other genrefication that you would put on this record? Um, a little bit of like psychedelia, like Paisley underground vibe. Um, I mean, I, I sure, feel like sure, sure. The, the influence, I mean, indie pop, you think of like contemporary or not even contemporary, really. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of Bell and Sebastian on this record, frankly, but mm-hmm. there's, there's also a lot of like the birds, you know? So um, yes. <laughs> it's, it, it's indie pop. But indie pop also takes from, you know, the 60s kind of jangly, jangle pop 
So jangle pop, indie pop. It's more yep, jangle, jangle pop, pop than indie pop. It is. It's more jangle pop than indie pop. Um, there's a touch of '60s vocal pop. Yeah, because of the way and how prominent the vocal interplay is on this record, especially significantly more so to me than the EP. Um, one of the biggest points to me of this record and and enhance your listening experience. One, listen how the vocals work with each other. There's a lead male vocalist and a lead female vocalist, from all I can tell. And then uh, listen how they interplay with the music. Because it's one of the most clever parts of it. With a lot of <clears throat> what I'm what I'm terming vocal pop from like the 60s, kind of in the mid and late 60s. Yeah. Essentially, I'm thinking of stuff that had vocals first and really simplistic music as the backing. You know what I mean? It really wasn't up front because it was just kind of there to be a vehicle for this more talented or interesting vocalist, right? Yeah. And um, and there's a little bit of that here, but the music is clever enough and has enough going on that the interplay is more interesting, and there's a few parts where it really shines. So, um, yeah, that, that was my genreification uh, note about this band. You already answered that this isn't like an old roommate, so you're not, nobody's going to get their feelings hurt. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, none of that. And so we, before we get into spoilers, is this record too long? A little too long? Just right? I mean, if you want to tell me it's a little too short, you could say that too. But where where do you fall on that? <laughs> but we know that that's not the case. Yeah, that's not the case. Um, <laughs> ever, ever. It, it is. Uh, it is too long. Yeah, not not crazy too long. Yeah, but a little too long. Yep. Like two, okay. two, two songs too long. Right. Well, well, let's. Why don't we get there? You got anything else before we get to the track by track? The meat. What everybody's waiting for. That's it. Let's get into the meat, man. Let's, let's get into the meat. Here's the steak. Um, track by track of the Umbrellas self-titled uh, Slumberland Records, number 258. I also want to low-key shout out their imagery. It's really simple, but it's a nice continuation. I think it's a step up from the Maritime EP, but also keeping a theme. Yeah. Um, all right. First song, Lonely. Lonely is a great track. I think it kicks off the record really well. Um, 100%. It, it is, you know, it's just a super catchy song. I love the mix. Like everything, everything, I really like the production on this album for the most part. Like everything sits really nicely on top of one another. Um, yes. It's, uh, and it's just, I mean, a lot of what this record is, is like the reason we say pop as part of any description is just, it's, it's super catchy. There's a lot of, lots of like, like you know like that sort of stuff um and uh and this one's great i mean it's uh it's a hit for sure it's a hit it's comes out of the gate um perhaps with so much energy that there's times when i've been listening to the record where i need to go back to this song because it brings it up this is a great opener um really just captures a lot of energy and if you've never heard the band before, this is a great place to start. For sure. Which makes sense for the first song on the record. <laughs> yeah. You got to sell them, you know? You got to sell the listeners on the first song. And I think it does. I think this, when I was talking about the vocal interplay, I think the um, back backing vocals, which I believe are being done by Morgan Stanley. Great uh, name. No re- yep. No relation to the financial institution, I don't think. Um really complement the lead vocals by Matt Ferrara on this track in a unique kind of way. And I don't know, there's Keith Freich also does vocals. So who knows who's doing everything, but I really like the way the vocals work together on this song. Uh, they work together on this song better than they do at other places on the record. So. Yeah. Agreed. Next track, uh, Near You.
Okay. Um, a really good second song. A good follow-up. I like the energy of it. Um, changes up the pace. Um, the female vocals are up front. Um, and I think it's a good song. I think it really is kind of this classical... Um, you know, I was talking about genreification. It's jangle pop. It's got a little bit of this like garagey kind of thing, like you said, the psychedelia kind of stuff. It's simple pop to me. It's just simple, but they're using these fun and kind of clever harmonies and melodies in the song to play play along each other. And I think the year is a very good example of that. They did a good job going, hey, we can't replicate the kind of high energy pitter patter of lonely. Mm-hmm. But let's let's do something that keeps it straightforward and near you delivers. I, I really like the song. It's a keeper. Yeah. Um, so this song and and kind of not to give too much away as we go through this, but um, the Maritime EP that we mentioned, three of the four of the songs on that were re-recorded for this record. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll get into that, but. I, I came in kind of biased because I liked that EP so much and had listened to it so much that yes. um, I was I, I found myself immediately kind of gravitating towards those songs and every and everything else, if I'm being honest, didn't hit like like those songs did for me on first listen. Right. But I gave it two or three listens and this record overall is definitely a grower for me where like certain parts of certain songs or certain songs in their entirety, like really started to shine for me at like the second or third listen. Yep. Um, and this is one of those songs where the first time I heard it, I was like, this is a nice track. It's, you know, good second track. Um, you know, they're giving the other vocalists some time, um, you know, switching it off a little bit. Yes. Um, cool. Like showing your dynamics and all that, but I wasn't particularly impressed with the song, but I definitely liked it more as I listened to it more. So, um, yeah, really strong song. I like it a lot. So here's another thing that I want to bring up because it it leads almost and it's kind of it's not like it is out front, but it you do feel it. There's live drums on the LP and the EP, the Maritime EP has a drum machine. Yo, I didn't even know that. Yes. Wow. So that's the thing that when I've been talking about this, the other genreification piece here is this is kind of post synth. However, it's still it's like aware. It's like it's like a machine being aware of something, but going further back for all other reference points. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the live drums on this record really give the texture a different feel. Than the EP, and that was one of the things that stood out to me. I'm actually surprised you didn't notice. I uh, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't notice either. I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm losing focus in my old age. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed now. <laughs> no shame. This is a this is a shameless podcast. So, um, anyways, it's a lot because you mentioned really liking the EP. I like the EP a lot. And I was thinking about, well, no spoilers, but I have a preference on those versions of the songs. Spoiler, it's not the LP version. Um, And I think it might be sort of the energy from that drum machine. It's a little synthier than it is here, which is unique. I don't don't always lean that way, but it happens. So so we'll get there. Um, Track three, Autumn. Autumn, so... This one, a little slower jam, um, reminds me of, this is where kind of the birds feel, that kind of 60s psych feel comes in, um, pretty heavy. Um, But it also kind of reminded me of the Jesus Jesus and Mary chain. There was was a lot of influence going on here, and not in a bad way. I mean, it's not like, you know, blatant ripoffs for me. Like, for me, the the whole record... Like they're they're taking from really obvious places, but they're also kind of making it their own, which is cool. Um, yes, I mean, and that's the thing to me—the idea of like, hey, we're gonna be. I mean, 
you know, this is where I would like to see some stuff go is these are people who are clearly of a post alternative world. Yeah. Writing pre alternative, pre metal, pre seventies, pre heavy rock style rock pop songs. Yeah. There's so much you can use and infuse and kind of throw in the blender under those terms. Autumn doesn't do it for me. I, as I was going, I'm like, all right. First couple listens. So there's growers. This was a shrinker. Ah. Autumn wore on me. I don't think it's bad, but it dra- it drug, drag, drug, it dragged <laughs> just a bit. And I don't think it's a bad song, but it's the first case where I'm listening to the record. I'm like, hey, there's some some real kind of like energy issues here. Yeah. And I'm going to refer, refer to this as a descending record, which is to say that it's front-loaded with energy, and that then when you get to the end of the record, it trails off. Yeah. And that's kind of a flow issue, I think, um, you know, with certain records. And we'll, we'll get there, but there's a few like, hey, in our brutal cut, cut, cut style, there's songs that I would say, hey, take this one, slide it to the back, just so you, you kind of revitalize that b-side autumn is a cut for me that's funny you say that yeah because i'm i'm actually completely on the same page with just the issue in the the flow of the record and how it's how it's arranged yeah i i I actually like this song this was a song that grew grew on me a lot just like just like near you so i'm not going to cut it but um and i i i liked it the last time i listened to it an hour ago on my run i liked it more than i liked it the time before that so yeah but um, it should have gone in a different place on the record because this is definitely like from lonely to near you to autumn. It just gets slower and like you're mellower. You know you're what I mean? Like yeah. you, you don't. That's <clears throat> it's a hard feeling on a record, and it's the it's the fear of having such a strong leader lead off track. Yeah, but like you also want to do that. We both are like, hey, let's catch him. Um, is this a symptom of? the modern style of album writing. I can't speak for these people. I hope not. But the the theory that goes now is, whereas it used to be like, hey, have your single be track two, maybe track three, track four. Two or four usually was where it would fall. Yeah. Um, usually you'd want your first single to be track four, three or four, your second single to be track two or three, and then et cetera, et cetera, move forward. May, and you really probably don't have a single past track six or seven unless you're really like, this record's ripping and people are loving it. Then you start pulling around. Very rarely do you have your opener as your hit single, but because of the way streaming works, if your first song is the banger and it's the first song people click on when they click to listen to the record, it's going to have the most streams Yeah, that therein lifts, you know, rising tide lifts all boats, lifts the whole record up. You get more visibility, more prominence in algorithms, et cetera, et cetera really wacky thing to have happen but i know it's a conscious thing that people are aware of i'm not saying the umbrellas are but it makes me think about it yeah no i'm with you 100 um and going into the next track with happy it picks right back up where lonely left off 100 and it just makes you feel like you know the energy could have kept flowing but like the energy kind of was brought to a a, a halt, a, a halt <laughs> and then you yeah. you pick up with this like super catchy upbeat pop song yep. um which i think is fantastic i love this song this is yeah. one of the songs that was re-recorded from the maritime ep yes and um, i actually of the songs on the ep this is the one that i think might shine better here than it did on the ep sure i actually really love this version um standout track and yeah, like nothing, nothing bad to say really keeps the energy up. And, and like, here's the thing, the first four songs, I'm not even saying Autumn's a bad song, but it goes to me, it's Lonely's the best of the four songs. Happy's the second best near you's the third best and Autumn's a distant fourth. Sure. But right there, pretty strong. Those three of those four songs are really, really good. So the record starts out on a nice high. And I, I think, Super solid. I think happy. Like as I was listening to this record over and over, 
I was like, yo, by the time you hit happy, you're like, it's a straight up crime if this isn't playing in hip coffee shops and like cool clothing stores throughout the country. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. this should be like the 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 sound of someone popping around and, and doing graphic design on their laptop, you know? <laughs> so um yeah, happy, great song, unadulterated. Um one of the songs that I think really married the marriage of content and form hits. Like this song is a happy song and it just it's really nice. It's actually about sad stuff though, right? I mean it's just yeah. like yeah, it's uh it's the, I mean the whole the whole LP is actually pretty melancholy and like oh it's 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 very emotional like the whole thing is just like hard on the sleeve a hundred percent and sometimes it's like even a little too precious for me but like but it's uh it's I uh, like how emotionally raw it is I think it's what sets it apart from other artists who try this kind of style yeah I think there is one song that we're getting to next that's truly just like okay, what's this about? (laughs) (laughs) And it's, you know, you don't have to search too hard to find it and figure it out. But, but it's like usually with jangle pop of the modern era or a post, you know, 2000 when it's kind of been done in a, the hip parlance, if you will, lyrics are super secondary. The concepts behind it can be, can be cool and interesting and fun or just total, you know, rhyming dictionary gibberish you know yeah so i don't think that's the case for the umbrellas which is which is really like refreshing and i think you feel it you feel it in the way the songs are so um without further ado let's do track five it's true so this is the one acoustic song on the record um really slow vibe brings it right back down to where autumn left off i guess um it's a nice song on its own. I feel like it could be kind of a hit live I was thinking about, but Okay. And I actually like the harmonica solo kind of Dylan vibe. Yeah. But uh it I don't know. I, repeat. It's dragon. No, it's I, dragon. I but here's the thing. I think I think getting to the the way that the album's organized, had this been like a closer track. Oh, okay. I, I think oh. I, I, I think I'd like it more than I do where it is in the record. Um, and I, so, so this song actually got me thinking about too, like, did they write this record or did they, did they, did they, uh, you know, organize this record in terms of the track listing for vinyl? Because this is the last song on the A side. Okay. Um, well, that could actually, work. No, that's not true. Actually, sorry, I'm correcting myself. No, it's, I think it's actually think she, she buys herself buys flowers. Flowers is last song the A side. Okay, so never mind. Which Scratch would kind of weaken it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, Scratch that entirely. Um, I think it would be a good closer song for a record. It is not good where it where it falls. Um, yeah, and and it's just not it's not one of the great songs on the record. So it's it kind of just slows things down for me. Um. I think there was a kernel of an idea here and they didn't execute it. It doesn't catch me very much at all. First listen, I was probably the most open to it. And as I kept listening, I'm like, ah, this isn't doing it for me. Yeah. Um, and it's partially because it's wedged between happy. A song I think is very good. And she buys herself flowers, which might be the last song on this record that I think is truly exceptional in this form. Not my last, the last song I like, but I think she buys herself flowers really delivers in a unique way. I think this might be my favorite song lyrically. I think there's this nice kind of flow to it. It feels interesting and unique. I I think the bridge in it is just awesome. Um, And it's kind of, it's unique in the, it's unique even in the placement on the record and in the way it fits. And uh, I was in, I like it. Yeah, it's great. So this was, this was the, uh, this, the actual single off of this record. Um, you know, I think they actually, they have a video for it and stuff. So it's a total hit. It's like an Makes obvious, sense. it's an obvious single. It's really catchy. I mean, there are certain songs like happy. She buys herself flowers. I think city song, like city songs, the last yeah. you, you listen to them once and you have them stuck in your head for the rest of the day kind of thing. So yeah, this is a this is a great track. Totally agree. Um, let's move to the B side. Pictures. Away from 
Church. This one, I was another one that I liked more and more as I listened to it. Um, the vocal harmonies are really, really nice. I really like the outro leads. Um, good song. I like the lyrics too. It's kind of like, it's kind of like nerdy art stuff. It reminded me of the go-betweens a little bit. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Um, it's it's a cool song. I Again, this is like, I feel like this song might end up being one of my like top three on the record, but oh, wow. um, I'm, it's 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 warmed up to me more and more as I've listened to the record more and more. So, so vocally here, I really like it. It feels kind of unique. Um, I was trying to think of who the vocals remind me of. The lead vocals on this song. So there's a lot of beat happening, for yes. sure. Yes, um, but but I dude, the song Autumn. Yep. His his vocals on that track there's something he he, he sp- specifically sounds like somebody on that song and I thought about it for like 2 fucking hours and could not figure it out. <laughs> like it, it, I I was thinking House of Love, I was thinking Slipstream, I was thinking like all oh, I was yeah, I was getting yeah, yeah, like yeah. more and more and more obscure from like like Creation Creation Records era and like that stuff but like I cannot figure it out. So if anyone like Listens if to that anyone song has and, it and goes, oh yeah, this is it. You, yeah, it's please, that kind please of thing. tell me. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that it was this really interesting track, and it, it, this song, um, certainly a keeper. I I enjoyed it. Maybe it was a touch too long in the song itself, but it's like this is exactly what I was talking about. This idea of like, yes, there's there's elements of Jesus Mary Chain here, but yeah. it's strained through this like. Hey, we're we're hyper aware of psychedelia in the '60s, and we're doing this as this like kind of stripped down, you know, indie pop, jangle pop band. And I think they kind of clued into something really unique by doing so. You know? Yeah, I mean, which is which is kind of what the Jesus and Mary Chain were doing, right? Like the Jesus and Mary Chain basically wanted to be the Beach Boys, but just like totally fuzz it out. Yes. And yes. In, instead of doing that, the umbrellas, like he has the same vocal cadence as as uh, the dude from Jesus and Mary Chain. I'm blanking on his name, but but they, you know, it's the guitars are super clean. The sound is it's super Jesus. clean. His name's Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, um, <laughs> of course. No, it, you're you're totally right. Um, and I think that's kind of the thing is, you know, like. So, so there was kind of like as a brief pause as we go track by track. Uh, pictures, great song. Um, there was a wave where this kind of like look back at garage rock and like 60s pop and like the kind of thing where it's like, oh, these are people who are listening to, you know, Motown singles, but also like surf rock and all this stuff and trying to use this and fuse it in this super lo-fi way was huge for, I don't know, almost a decade. If you really look at the underground stuff. Yeah. And I feel like that wave kind of crested and, and uh, evolved and disappeared and kind of rears it he- its head here and there. But largely that wave has been gone. I don't think many of those bands got nearly as interesting as the umbrellas do on just these two records. And I think it's because they were informing their sound via like 80s synth, new wave, indie, and 90s alternative stuff meets 
that kind of sixties like template, if you will. And and that's like I think pictures is a good example of that where it's like, hey, we're gonna in a cohesive way funnel this energy and some of these songwriting tropes through this format um, that's really pleasant and sort of simple, but we're going to play around with the melodies and it's just, it's fun. And I I have to give them a lot of credit because I don't think there's a lot of artists in that wave that did it nearly as interestingly as they did. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I mean, and the songs are like deceptively intricate. There's like, there's actually a lot going on in a lot of these songs. Um, that's really, really cool and kind of sets them apart in certain ways. All right, um, Pete, we're going to get to the low, at least for me. Ah. Track eight, Galen. Galen. So Galen. I, I, I get it. I get the low, but, um, this one again, it, disagree I, with I, me. Disagree. Not, Hit me. I, I mean, so I, would have agreed with you if we if if I listened to this record one time, I would have agreed with you. But this song grew on me as well. Um, I don't love it. It's not my favorite song on the record. It's not in my top five songs on the record. But um, I think it's a pretty strong track. Um, and I don't really have much more to say about it. I think it's a nice <laughs> song. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. No, I'll, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll push back on you on different songs that come later, but not on this one. Okay, so this song is is like here's my big deal. I think this record as a whole is fantastic to throw on, and you could, you should listen to it front to back. Yeah. Could I strip the threads and give you a more trim EP of what I think is just the top of the pops in this? Absolutely. Galen is actually a good song. I don't think it's the best female vocal performance. It's not as dynamic. It's a it's a pretty brisk one. There is one really interesting part about like two-thirds through the song that I thought was neat and they hadn't done anywhere else on the record and didn't. Mm. Um, and it sort of hinted at like, hey, like what could what could another record sound like? So like in all reality, all these songs are pretty damn good. And it, it's like, it would be dismissive to call this even the worst song on here as anything but pleasant. But this doesn't hit the top of the pops for me. I'm going to I'm gonna be unceremonious and now click back into character and cotton it. Cotton it, Pete. Cotton it. Wow. <laughs> it's wow. a fine song. It's Harsh. just fine. Yeah, it's well, fine. you know what? When you, reach, when you reach such heights as Lonely and she buys herself flowers, you got to bring your A-game. Is never available. Track nine, A game. I think it's A game, a hundred percent. I Whoa. love this song. I love this I, song. I think the EP version is so much better. I mean, that's fair, but I I think the song itself holds. I mean, it's I I think regardless of even which version I'm listening to, I think it's an A plus song. It's like a great. It, you th- go ahead. No, it's just a great song. The riff is great. Like the, the I love the melancholy kind of feel to it. Um, I think it's fantastic. Problem flow. Sure. It, it's it's hitting at the wrong time on the record and I am declining. The I record mean, is declining and and it needed this needed to come after a strong track. This flip this in near you. This song after near you can make it work after I'm sorry after lonely totally work make it oh, come off that energy come into this you know what I mean um but where it is on the record I think you're kind of on the you're on the down downside and it just doesn't have the same energy whereas which is so funny this is the second song on the EP and it hits yeah. me so differently yeah S- some slight changes so- sonically obviously like there's live drums versus the synth drums the drum machine uh, you know the song itself rips, but it's a soft keep for me. But it's not strong. It's a soft keep. It's a great wow. song, and I just think the I think the EP version is so much better. And it was funny because it was probably on my third or fourth listen, and I was walk. I I did a Pete today was uh, Easton's first day at surf camp in Bradley uh-huh. Beach. 
So I had uh, about three hours to walk on the boardwalk by myself. I'm going to do. I only did five miles today because I wasn't really prepped. Tomorrow well, I'm going to try to do ten. Well miles. done. So listen to this a lot. At one point, I just let it go and it started playing the EP, and I'm like, "Oh, the EP is so good." And the version never available came up, and I was like, "Man, I have to really think about this." So um, it's a great song, but not my top five, maybe. Wow, it's a lonely. Lonely New Year, you happy? She buys herself flowers and city song. I oh pictures maybe too. I don't know. I, it's rare, right there. I, I rarely disagree with you so strongly. Wow. I think this song is great. Okay, all right. I'm good. With it. I, I love- mean, I mean, listen. Like the, the conversation about re- the album flow is a whole different one. Like, like yeah. We'll where, get, let's where, let's save it because we got to get there and really yeah, yeah, chop yeah. up. Okay. All right. Um, so summer. I think it's weak. I just don't. It just doesn't. It just. Energy wise, length, where it falls, it just I'm out on it. All right, so I I agree with you with length actually, and I think that that's something that applies to a few songs, where yeah. like it could have been cut even a no minute. surprise to the long long time listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, I think it could have been cut a little bit, but but I I do. This is another one that grew on me, um, but. I, I still don't love it. I think this one could have been a good closer track. Um, yeah. Just, just like um, uh, near you or sorry. Yeah. Um, or, uh, autumn, right? It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yep, yep, it's, yep. it's true. Could have been a closer and this could have been a closer. Um, okay. This one I liked the more I listened to it. Um, it didn't, it didn't hit me on the first listen, but um, it's, uh, it's definitely not one of my favorites, but I, I, I stand behind it. I'm not cutting it. You're not cutting it. I'm cutting it. All right. Um, Pete, I'm going to have a much shorter record than you today. Yeah. It's a rarity. Um, well, City- well that, that's a separate conversation. I'm, I'm yes, excited it, that. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. City song. City song. Really good song. Um, familiarity from the EP helped it for me. I like it here. Um, we'll save the conversation for flow, but uh, this is a good song in an unfortunate position. I'm going to say great song in an unfortunate position. Um, this is like a perfect pop song in my opinion. Um, wow. It might be one of my, it's definitely top three on the album. Wow. Um, okay. But, but again, this is a re-recording from the Maritime EP. So like yeah. I, I already, I went in hot. Like I, I knew that I liked this song. So yeah, um, this is a I, really good song leads off the EP. It's a great yeah, song. Yeah. All right. AM, are you keeping every song on this record, Pete, or are you going to chop this one? No, um, I'm not. I'm cutting this okay. song, and I'm, okay. I have a few other cuts that I'll let you know. But Oh, I can't uh, wait. Um, um, this song, uh, you mentioned a few songs that I didn't think about as being potential closers, and you were right. This song serves as a closer. It feels purely um, almost obligatory. It's not a bad song. It just doesn't it doesn't scratch the itch that many of these other songs did in terms of how they flow and how the song is constructed. This song just wasn't quite as interesting to me. Still had some dynamics that probably I could pull into and go, Oh, that's kind of neat. Oh, this is kind of neat, but there's a lot, there's enough going on in the rest of the record that I can cut this one. Yeah. This song is all right. I mean, the, the this song, um, I, I don't mean to sound harsh, but I think it's like, very obviously the worst song on the record. And I just, by that, every song on this record, regardless of, you know, whether it's your favorite or not, has some kind of hook. And this song just has no hook. Um, And that was my problem with it because it's this band, like every song is like really catchy in its own way. There's like at least something about it that's going to hook you. And this one just didn't have that. So really good point because even songs like, like summer, where I'm nonplussed, there's hooks. And yeah. And there's no hook. Yeah, this one just, it, it felt like they were, and I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the circumstances were, but it just seems like they were trying to write a closer for the sake of writing a closer, and this just, like, didn't really get the job done, in my opinion. So this is, like, this is a cut. This is a hard cut for me, um, especially due to the fact that there were two other songs that I think would make for pretty good closers that, you know, were elsewhere on the album 100 and now i want you to lead the conversation on flow on album flow because 
you will, it almost sounds like you have some pretty decided ideas. So here's the it. thing. Here's the thing. If I'm keeping this as an LP, I'm gonna okay. cut. I'm gonna cut AM and I'm gonna cut It's True. Okay. And I'm gonna rearrange the album entirely. Um, okay. Which I don't. I'm not gonna give you my track list right now. But like, no, no. <laughs> but basically, but basically, it's a it's a 30 minute album. Um, okay. May, maybe like 32 minutes. I haven't done the math on it, but like, right. 30 minute album ish. And, you know, the vibe is there, I think, probably, um, um, which one would be the closer? Closer, that was going to be my question. I think you're going to go... Um, so, it's it's true, I cut... Um, you cut, it's true, and you cut AM. So, you would you do Never so Available would, as your closer? So summer would be the closer. Summer is your closer. Okay, yeah. all right. So, here's what I'm doing. I'm cutting It's True. I'm cutting Summer. I'm cutting AM. That brings my length. It's about a 38-minute record as is. Um, it brings it down to about 27 minutes. So it's it's a quickie. Yeah. But that's okay. It will almost feel brisk because I probably bring happy to the later side of the record. So the A side ends. I might flip. She buys herself flowers and pictures. Have the A side end with pictures. She buys herself flowers. Leads off the B side. Happy kind of anchors it. Maybe to a track after. So you do like she buys herself flowers. Gaylene, and then happy. Then you have never available in city song. I think that's how I, I might end on. I might flip it and have never available at the end and do. So my B-sides, basically, she buys herself flowers, Gaylene, Happy, ah. City Song Never Available. And I just feel like it would be brisk. And, and I'll, be, I'll be real. When I think about like the Tony, Mo, Tony Molina record, what's the, what is that Tony Molina? Is it? Um, it's not, not the Breakdown. truth. Which no. One? Uh, is it? The acoustic EP? No. Is it Blacklisted? <laughs> Kill the Lights. Kill the lights, yeah. Oh no, distant dismissed. Uh, okay. Distant dismissed. I knew it was a breakdown reference. Um, I think that record was an example where that was playing in a record store that uh, me and my significant other were at, and it's concise. It's super fast. It's a quick record, but it's super catchy. I mean, it's it's mostly like a you know indie record highly influenced by punk and hardcore but it just is so catchy in this weird way that you're like oh and then it ends and it has that leave you wanting more feel and with this kind of thing it's not the same musically but i feel like that's how i want someone to be caught on the umbrellas is i want them to catch these highs feel it and be like oh this is great oh what i need more you know what i mean and then you know, proceed to uh, consume whatever else is out there, which is only an EP right now. But um, okay, so so that's interesting you say that. So first thing, Tony Molina, check out his whole discography. I'm a big fan, and he's a friend of mine. Uh, love that too. Oh, shout out! But uh, that was the second part of what I was going to bring up. So if we're having the conversation about this being an LP, I'm I'm you know more or less with your your suggestions on like how it should be. Uh, arranged right but the the other conversation is being that uh, particularly being that they re-recorded three songs from the original ep right why not just do a second super strong ep um well and and in that and and in that case it's it's a different conversation where like i i'd probably be cutting more songs than i than i am i'm just I think if you're if saying you, you're trying to keep it, you're trying to keep the essence and keep it an LP. Yeah. If you're doing it in LP, I'll, you know, I gave, I gave you what I would, what I would do, but yeah. if we're doing an EP, I would have to think about that, but I think it would just be four of the new songs that are, you know, the strongest of the bunch. Right. Right. So like an EP of this would be, let's say lonely. She buys pic- herself flowers, she pictures. Buys herself flowers, pictures and near you maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or happy, maybe. I mean, it's no happy's from no, the happy's from the EP. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, another four song EP, and we're right there. So you yeah. know, there's a lot of reasons people do LPs sometimes just because they want to do a fucking LP. Um. Oh, and and by the way, 
the maritime EP, not that it really matters, but it's it's part of the question here. Like, why not just do another EP? It comes up in conversation to me with people who like music and this and that. Yo, this is a the the maritime EP that we keep referencing is a seven inch limited edition of three hundred pressed. In in the times before now, this would be something you'd have to really really seek out. Now it's on streaming, so it doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? There could be two thousand or twenty, and it doesn't totally matter. People can get them or not. Um, so because I would have gone, oh well, you know, Slumberland, you want to get all your songs out there, blah blah blah. Again, slightly different versions because the EP has a drum machine. So there's a lot of different reasons, but I agree. I, I think if you did an EP of these, the four of the newer songs, slaps, right? Slaps. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I mean, I feel like, I mean, here's the thing. Nowadays, like, do people pay any attention to EPs? Because I really don't think they do. And 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 part of me think that thinks that that's like, one of the reasons that you do an LP is just to get more press and get more attention around it, which I completely understand if you're trying to make money playing in music, you know, which is right, really right. impossible. <laughs> so like, so yeah, do the LP. Um, I mean, yo, I, yo, my I, favorite format is a 12 inch EP. Because, I mean, for sure. Because it's one, it's a 12 inch, which is better than a single. So, and we're talking as vinyl dudes right now, but two, because you have the freedom to do as much or as little as you want, without the pressures of length and being like, oh, got to hit that whatever 28-minute mark or, or whatever people want to call an LP length. Right. Um, whereas a 12-inch EP, you sell it for the same amount on your table as an LP 90% of the time, and people are just as happy, and nobody nobody cares. The person who's buying physical is buying the physical one way or the other, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, I Yeah, I mean, like, and not to, like... I don't, I don't mean to bring Tony Molina up, but it's just, it's funny that that came up because I feel like he's a perfect example where yep. I don't think he has a record over 15 minutes. No, because um, nobody cares. They're, they're, he, I mean, you know, it's, it's just, Hey, are these good songs? Yep. Okay, cool. Right. Right. And they're, they're very different bands and very different sounds, but I think that the, the umbrellas, like when they really hit, they, 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 they really hit. And to the point where the songs that don't hit, like, just don't feel just it feels like it lags you know so yeah it's 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 like uh it's comparing someone's high points to their fine points you know and that's like that's the part here i think this whole record is super listenable uh if you're looking for something that goes down easy uh that is interesting and unique to listen to that you can do the headphones listen or the i'm doing a spreadsheet and just want something pleasant on the background you can do that too uh thank you for suggesting because i i really enjoy this and well you introduced me to the band and i didn't know this record came out so awesome yeah it's a hit. I mean, overall, with all of our criticisms, oh, seriously, man. like check please, it out. Please, please check it out. You can order it. It looks like you can get it on their Bandcamp. You can also obviously get it from Slumberland, and I bet it's at most fine indie record stores. So check that out. Theumbrellasca.bandcamp.com. Um, Pete, will you be adding this record to your collection? Absolutely. I actually ordered it while we were going through this exercise. Oh so. God! All right, I'm going to do it between episodes today. Um, I will also be adding it to my collection. I really like it. I actually think this is going to be a great vinyl listen too. Like uh, this is a this is going to be a uh, putting on my turntable synced up to the Bluetooth headphones. Do you have Do you have a turntable that does Bluetooth? Um, I do not actually. You know, it, it bangs. It's so good because I have it hooked up to my Bluetooth headphones. Sound is really good. Oh, that's and, fun. And, and I I'll should go, do that. Yo, it's so good. <laughs> Um, and I'll go sweep the floor and then go flip the sides. It's nice. <laughs> um, let's go through our rating system. Length, is it too long? Does it drag? Doesn't totally drag, just a little bit too long. Agree? Yeah, just a little bit too long. Okay, album flow. We, were, we had a lot of criticisms, but in this way, does it feel disjointed or slapped together at all? I don't think it feels disjointed. I think there's some things, as we noted, that if you slot it around, there could be a better overall energy and um, just something that keeps you engaged a little more than you are right now. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Quality of the songs and lyrics. Memorable songs. How do they stand up? I think the songs, the hits hit. 
I think the lyrics are unique. And as kind of we highlighted, I think they really stand out against bands who are not doing the same thing, but might be doing something similar. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't even know who their contemporaries are at this point, really. I mean, I feel like this stuff to me feels just like very San Francisco. I feel like there's always a lot of this vibe going on in San Francisco. Um, the band, the Reds, Pinks, and Purples, who have been around for a while, just put out a new record that's very good. If you if you like this kind of vibe, yeah. Um, the only thing I would compare is I'd say that there was a moment where Brooklyn had some of this going on in their lo-fi scene. It yeah. didn't have quite that tempo. It didn't have the California beat. You know, it didn't have yeah, that tempo yeah, and energy. Yeah, yeah. But there was a moment. So, like, if you were somebody who was early in the Woods' catalog or something like that, I'm sure I could pull out some other examples. But like that lo-fi scene. You might be yeah, able to true. just vibe on this right away. Cap- captured tracks, Woodsys. Yes, yeah. there you go. Exactly. But but it's very different than what's, what those things are doing right now. So Yeah, true. I mean, super memorable songs, though, just to put a finer point on it. Like like half, half of these songs you listen to at once, and again, they're stuck in your head. So, yeah, really good. And the, the lyrics are really thoughtful, too. I like it. Like, yo, if you if you know someone you work with who's like, whose music stopped at vampire weekend, you could throw them this and they'd be like, Oh, this is great. Wow. You know? Um, and probably learn a little bit about music more than that. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> um, timelessness. Does this strictly exist in a time and place? Hard to know, but I think this quality of the recording, the sound, it's unique. It doesn't feel aged or dated, even though like it has a lot of these elements that pull it in. I think it's pretty timeless. Yeah, I mean, it's a new album, so who knows? But I mean, I I feel like it it sounds like it could have come out in the 90s or yeah. the early 2000s or whatever, but in that way it's it might be timeless in certain ways, right? Where like you can't really even tell when it came out. It's it's uh production-wise it's really great. Yep, they're great. And presentation Pre- presentation yeah. yeah i mean i think the artwork's great i think you mentioned it you know there there's consistency in the artwork so far for the records um it's cool yeah might you know um yeah I, I think it's it doesn't feel classic but it could yeah <laughs> it could and I, I actually think this cover will look really good as a 12 inch like that's that's a good reason to get this um all right Rating between one and five stars. Where do you put this, Pete? I'm giving it a 3.5. We are lockstep. 3.5. Okay. I think it's the first time we've given something the same grade. I think it is. Yeah. Look at that. And we disagree. We had entirely different feelings about a lot of the songs. So, hey, there you go. Yeah, but I, I mean, and you know, the highs on this are so undeniable. Like, it's just a really good record. And overall, I sure. just think it's a good recommendation. Um People who like good guitar music will like this. Uh, yeah. Regardless of how uh, um, how aggressive or not aggressive they want it, they're going to find something on this record. So, Absolutely. shout out Umbrellas. Support the Umbrellas. Support support Slumberland Records. And uh, yeah, we are. All right. We should All right. Uh, 